everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Lord, all night and central. Follow me now. Yeah, you, dude, I'm starting to see that shit so much now. Now that I go, so, you know, so many places and stuff, I'm yeah. seeing so many like times where someone will like, you're like, man, it's a good crowd, and then <laughs> <laughs> and then you see one person get up and it's like fucking Jesus himself walked on. I stage. know. And then and then as soon as he's off, like suddenly these people. Went from being like, like an attentive crowd to they no longer uh, give a fuck. They and don't then like next comment comes up, one person will leave. Next comment comes up after that, like three of them leave. And then by the like third comic up, they're all gone. You and, know? And you're you're up there trying to tell jokes and you know they're funnier than the guy that was just up because he's been doing comedy for four hours. <laughs> total, yeah, exactly. But even still, like their crowd, they you would think that they just saw their friend do it and do it poorly. So that like once they see someone who's been doing it a while, they'll be so excited. But after they that person gets off stage, you go up and they're just like, ah. Oh come on like they're rolling their eyes at you it's suddenly like they're like oh yeah that's right i want to be home like, yeah. like they just suddenly remember oh yeah that's right fuck this place oh i don't like comedy i just wanted to hang out with my friend yeah yeah now he's done we should go somewhere else or we sh or i should just go home and it's such a trick because the guy who's going on stage is usually telling stories about them so they feel all warmed up to it and shit oh yeah there's always that one joke where he's like and my one buddy and he looks over and then they're like oh, oh he's talking about <laughs> you bobby <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and then everyone starts like nudging bobby and shit oh god it ah but yeah. that's that's what it must be like to be like a Rogan or somebody with your own audiences. You're playing to your friends all the time. It's such a home game. I can't even imagine what it would be like to walk into a 2,000-seat theater of all people who feel like they're your best friend. You got a taste of that last night, actually, oh. for the first time ever, I think. Uh, how so? Uh, you, you were like, I, I, have a I have a pot. Fuck, I just butchered it. You're like, <laughs> you're like, I have a podcast. And then the one guy in the fucking audience started clapping. <laughs> 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 yeah, he knew the joke immediately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because he had been to Tumblr before. No. Well, I, I think did, that's. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought it was because he was a listener. So Maybe. Was, it could have it, it yeah, been that. I think it was because. He was a listener, and I was like, "Dude, that's fucking funny, man." That's what's funny. We Joe and I we did a we did a show, and like like a couple of the audience members had listened to the podcast, and we uh, felt like, "Holy shit, man, oh we got man. an audience! You're gonna like our shit because you listen to us talk about not jokes." <laughs> We're drawing a crowd. Oh man, uh, it's yeah. finally starting to pick up steam. Ah uh, yeah, you know, dude, it, it was pretty funny though. It was my first time seeing something like that. So. I know. It also though could have been because Joe made someone list as his credits that he was he was part of the font. He does <laughs> he does, uh, he yeah. does that every now and then. Uh, see, that's the problem with Bakersfield is we are starting to get too clicky. We really are. <laughs> yeah, we and are, the audience yeah. is is getting clicky with us, so they oh, like they yeah, know all of our yeah, shit that's dude, going on. Exactly, they're getting in on the inside jokes now. It's funny. I didn't um, know, by the way, that you were such a sports guy, which warms my heart because most of the comedy guys are not sports guys oh yeah i know it's like it's really just a few of us like uh i mean boydston loves the nhl and the that's NFL, not sports to me uh, yeah the nhl i mean is, is that's as good as soccer that's you, for, yeah. exactly right <laughs> yeah, yeah no, i don't give a fuck i've got nothing on that and i'm used to most of the other guys don't talk about sports and when they do it's so disengaged from any way i would talk you're one of the first yeah, sports lifers I, i've oh dude i grew up 
hard with sports. And I just assume uh, no one does anymore in the group. Oh, no. I'm sure my dad will listen to this podcast. Shout oh, out good. to my dad. Shout out to Austin's dad. Uh, and that dude made me grow up like crazy into sports. It's great. Uh, absolutely like fucking every sport. Like, uh, yeah. It, I noticed you rock a lot of Miami shit. Where does where does that come from? Uh, my dad, uh, you know, was a big Miami Dolphins fan and then also grew he went and spent a lot of time him and my mom in Florida. They lived there for like six or seven years, some shit like That's that. That's gotta be a fun place to live. Yeah. I, you spent time there. Uh only like a you know, short amount of Long time enough. vacationing. But dude, uh yeah, I totally see the appeal in retiring there. Oh, yeah, is that so, right? Dude, perfect weather. Like if you if you're cool with humidity where you just can like accept the fact that it's hot and you just kinda like let the balls drop. Let you the know? balls let the yeah. balls drop, let them stick. Yeah, you just you're just cool with it. Yeah. Like it's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Uh where at in Florida? Miami, uh the Keys. Oh at, my god, for, that would be amazing. But for him, he lived in Saint Petersburg, Tampa area. Okay. Um, which is just as equally beautiful. Like for people like the whole panhandle's fucking awesome in well, Florida. When we, I grew up in Pennsylvania and we all, th like all of us wanted to move out to California. It's right. just one of those weird things. But what I had in my head of what California was, I thought it was going to be like Florida. Miami, like Florida, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but nicer. I thought it was going to be like these blue, like blue ocean, these nice white sandy beaches and yeah. it's warm and it's enjoyable. Not and then I moved cold, down. rocky beaches. These bullshit shit, yeah. beaches. These beaches are meant to take pictures on, not to be in. And I had no idea. So I showed up and wanted to go to the beach. I go to the beach and it's all stony and shit. Like you said, I, oh, yeah. I get marked up when I go. Then you go into the water and it's 12 degrees in there. Your whole body seizes up when you walk in and there's sharks and all that. I, didn't, I expected it to be... Like a Miami beach. And I uh, see, I grew up, uh, I, I was, you know, always grew up near the water. Uh, you Central, grew up in California? Yeah, Central Coast. Okay. Um, Salinas, Monterey, all that Oh, that's a nice area, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but my dad grew up down in Carlsbad, just north of San Diego. Uh, and that's what people really, uh, they think is California. Right. Like San Diego <laughs> is what you guys thought was, was all of the whole. Yeah. I thought the whole California was that. No, that place is the only place where you get the warm water and you get the hot like you know and it's all the palm trees and the really clean beaches and yeah. everything like oh yeah that's and you pay for it oh i remember i the one time i went to san diego and spent a day or two i was looking at i was just walking around a neighborhood and i saw there was a house for sale and this was maybe three blocks away from a public beach might have been pacific beach mm -hmm. and i'm like i wonder i just wonder for the hell of it how much that is three blocks off the beach two-bedroom house not very big i thought San what's it gonna Diego, be you yeah know, so yeah. i'm thinking what's it gonna be a million dollars or something like that eight million yeah fucking eight million i'm and i'm like who can afford the, how can this many people afford this shit well it's like who's living in san diego right yeah what kind of baller do you have to be as far as i know i think only mma and porn star people live there that's you why we need I mean? to, that's why we need to get there <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> that sounds like the spot yeah. but if it's a tough call to make if you had eight million dollars to buy a house do you buy a two-bedroom townhouse in paradise in san diego or do you go to nebraska and buy nebraska for eight million dollars see that's what warren buffett did yeah. I know, and then you can turn that into more money. You and could then, do, you could do and whatever. Then you, you could go buy San Diego. Yeah, you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But then you're not in San Diego. Then you're, then you're in Nebraska. I see. I, I, I've been lucky to be able to travel to a lot of the flyover states. You oh, know? you have? Oh, do, do you I've have been, family there or something? No, my dad's just made it a point to check out 
every state uh, before, you know, like, I don't know, because growing up in California, you're used to place a place where people go to vacation and shit yeah. whatever so it's nice to be able to have gone to like places like uh, kansas and missouri that's and cool shit like man. that because you're i don't know like sh- people shit on them or whatever but still <laughs> they're still pretty californians you know I mean? californians shit on them yeah, yeah so yeah. you're you're an anomaly there because i always i always tease the people that live out here i try to explain where pennsylvania is i've had I had a newspaper, I had to do a newspaper interview one time, and I explained to them I was from Pennsylvania, and I told them where it was, and the title of the newspaper says, Comic Shares Midwest Upbringing. I'm like, it is, it's the East Coast, but I realize Californians, for the most part, don't care about anything east of, like, Colorado or Nevada. No, yeah, as soon as so you get to Colorado, that, like, people give a fuck until you get to Denver, and done. then that's the end of it. Yeah, yeah. so then for you to check out the flyover states is really cool. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's cool, um, but, like, even Pennsylvania, I mean, I've been to, uh, let's see, Pittsburgh, and I've been to, like, Hershey, and all that. Yeah, it's, like, 40 minutes away from my hometown. Oh, yeah, I've been to a bunch of towns in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's cool, too. It's, like, so many trees and shit. Yeah, it's, it's really pretty, man. It's Pittsburgh's good Pittsburgh's got to be one of the coolest cities it's I've ever been It's a good city, and I like, wanted to not like it. But it's a good city because I'm from the eastern side of the state right. and we have a weird rivalry with each other for no reason. <laughs> no reason. No reason at all. We're almost exactly like the same. NorCal, SoCal type Exactly. Okay. We're, we're, basic, we're exactly the same to everyone else. But to us, it's like, fuck you, Westerners. <laughs> we just call you East Ohio where I'm from. You ain't part of Pennsylvania. And they look at us oh, the same so, way. Like, we're like West New like Jersey the to them. Side, that's like the blue side? Or is These the days, opposite? it's all kind of the yeah. reds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't true. know what yeah. happened. Uh, I don't know what happened. I grew up in it. When Trump's I, every person, you know, every person can relate to. A he got him. Yeah. He got everybody back yeah, home. Man. My home county is one of the counties that, like, one of the main counties that carried the election. It just, that thing took off like a rocket, man. So any any rural place. Like, when I'm out here, people think that I'm from Philly. Right. But I'm from the sticks. I'm from the mountains, like, two hours no, north sure of. It's like, like Philly looks at us like we're from Kentucky. Right, like that's right. what they say about Pennsylvania. They say Philadelphia in the east, Pittsburgh in the west. Kentucky in the middle. Well, I'm sure your fr- your uh, your friends back home think that you're pretty much in LA. They do. Here. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. they really do. They, and that's I'll talk to my brother and he's like, "Oh, you you guys, all you liberals out there at Bakersfield." And I'm like, "Oh, you got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got all those liberals." Yeah. Man. Oh yeah, it's a real snowflakey <laughs> town out here, isn't it? Oh yeah, but I I see I could see how people would think that cuz I mean, if someone told me, you know, if they live an hour and a half outside Houston, I'd be like, kind of like this, so you live in Houston yeah you, you know, and, I, and when uh, you do go to Kansas you're like oh yeah Bakersfield looks a lot more like Los Angeles than Kansas so well, I can see where they get that yeah yeah I mean I I see the I just see the other side of the mountain <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> whereas Kansas you stand and you're like oh there's Nebraska right there like oh there's nothing to see oh, it's a beautiful place but there is nothing to see to sum up some of those states out there though uh stopped off in Arkansas one time like to take a picture with the state uh you know sign thing yeah. as soon as i open the door what i'm greeted with is a dead crow oh uh in one in one spot and then about i don't know 10 15 feet over that way is a knife just laying there <laughs> <laughs> like just in the middle of like we right don't know. Off, right off the side of the highway <laughs> like just a dead crow and a knife <laughs> we don't know who's gonna need this shit <laughs> yeah. you know it's hard living out of here. No, and then we keep driving in, and there's one of the... If someone knows exactly what I'm talking about. Whatever town is on the... It's, uh, it'd be like Iowa, Arkansas shit going in from one to the other. Yeah. 
uh, there was a little town, and a guy was driving a push cart, uh, not a push cart, a uh, lawn mower, like uh, the riding lawn mowers, and he had a trailer attached to it, oh and he was god. riding it. <laughs> oh somewhere. my god. That was his. That was his. Dude, that was his vehicle. Main yeah. transportation. We have at least four listeners in Arkansas, so shout out if that was you driving the tractor, or if it was your uncle. If or it was whatever, you're probably related and or married to that person. So, thank you Not for to contributing <laughs> to the Not show. To generalize the South. I'm sorry, I took us away from sports. You're a sports lifer. Oh, yeah, so yeah. we we sat in the back of the in the patio of the rocket shop. You I and Joe Allenies for about Speaking a half an hour which, last night. Uh, yeah, you and Joe Allenies, fucking. I got to give you guys super compliments on your podcast shit that you guys do. Oh, thank you, man. I listen every week. Very funny all the time. You guys are hilarious. Um, So, you know, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Well, the reason I have you here is because I'm sick of him. So I'm really, I want to replace him with anybody who will sit down with me on the couch. How could you not be sick of his fucking voice? It's, it's (laughs) enough. How are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've (laughs) joked around and said the Bomb Diaries is a podcast where I interview a new guest every week and 90% (laughs) of those new guests are Joe (laughs) Allenies. So we talked about, we were talking about obscure. 90s NBA players oh, and yeah. obscure 2000s wide receivers for yeah. a good half an hour. And we chased everyone off the patio last night. Two audience members came out to have a smoke and like, we're done. Oh, yeah. Hacker was out of there. Yeah. No one got any. After about the third one, everyone was like, all right, we got to get out of here. Well, NBA free agency opens on Sunday. So I thought it'd be fun to play predict. Oh, put your name on it. Please. Put your name on it and we'll predict where we're going to go. Dude. And we're going to talk some shit. Based on who wins. This is already my favorite podcast. Dollar, All right. dollar for who gets the closest. Let's or what go. do you like to drink? Are you not, what do you? I'm an iced tea man. What do you like to drink when uh, you're at the rocket shop? Lemonade. Free lemonade and a dollar. All right. For who? How do you want to do this? Do you want to do who gets the most right? Yeah. Let me you, let me see your list. First I'm an, I'll just quick. read them off to you. Okay, I, okay. I haven't made a list yet. Okay. So we'll start with Kawhi Leonard. Okay. All right. So. Just no, no list of who we're. All right, all right. no so list we're of. Start with Kawhi. We'll start with. Okay, I'll give you the list. Okay. So, the people that will be free agents starting Sunday: Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, right? Clay Thompson, yeah. Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. Kemba Walker, mm-hmm. Boogie Cousins, yeah. D'Angelo Russell, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler. Thank you. Tobias Harris and Tobias Harris. Oh, you're going deep, motherfucker. Okay, you got to eat that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my bad. There you go. All right. All right. Tobias Harris. That's a good one. Well, I mean. Jimmy Butler. We're talking guys who are going to get some money, right? So who do you, do you want to start? Do you want to start backwards? That could be fun. We'll go backwards. Or do you, or do you want to go with the more interesting ones first? You know what? I'm going to let you pick them. uh, Okay. And we'll go wherever. Tobias Harris. Okay. Toby. Uh, I think. My prediction is the 76ers definitely are going to try to do whatever they fucking can to retain him. Yep. Because, dude, Elton Brand, if he loses Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, destroyed the entire process yep. in one fucking season. Do you think the Sixers will keep Tobias Harris? I think they'll I think they'll overpay him if they have to to keep him. Okay, so, so yeah. you're going, I'm saying Sixers, Tobias Harris, but I'm saying it from a more emotional standpoint. I don't think Toby leaves Bobby. I think they're too tied in together. <laughs> the Toby Bobby The Toby Bobby romance. <laughs> oh I think they both know that they've got a better chance of being successful in video podcasting than they do in contending for a title, and their friendship means too much to break it up at this point. I'm saying Toby stays with Bobby. 
I, I think they obviously have to, especially after Bobby was in John Wick 3. It's like... Oh, oh that's John, you're a John Wick guy. I've never seen any of the John Wicks. Oh, yeah, no. He was in John Wick 3. Uh, obviously, they are making a bunch of money from just being friends, apparently. I think Bobby should have to show us his hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should have to see his dick. If you're that big and you get paid to not almost never play basketball during the nba playoffs he, he's getting like he's he get, was logging like eight minutes he's getting millions of dollars and at one point there was a game that they put him into the game only to stand in front of the inbounds passer in the seconds before halftime you should have to show us your dick so we see what it. i just need to know i, I agree wholeheartedly the only issue is i <sighs> I just don't see where it's a win for him. <laughs> <laughs> like if it if if it is huge, it's like duh, it's fucking huge. Everyone just kind of hates him for it. It's like this fucking guy showing us his huge slong. <laughs> you fucking seven foot four monster. We get it. But I I kind of want to I kind of be like oh good. There's some balance in the universe because now he's gigantic, and he's goofy too. But what if, okay? What if his dick is like. Six and a half inches long. Give that him, looks so small on him. Right. I say. <laughs> I looks so tiny. I on say him. give him more money for that. Then I say he he would be. I give give him six man of the give him six and a half man of the year. Dude, if, he would literally <laughs> have to have like an eleven inch dick for it to look proportioned. Right. He's, <laughs> you he's, know what I mean? Like that's how big that shit would have to be because he's huge. Yeah. He's seven foot he's, four. Yeah. Him. There's there's a number of people over seven three seven like Taco Charles he's like seven four seven five. Do you ever see the picture of him with that little tiny analyst? Yeah, it's insane. It looks she she looks like a she looks like a like a GI Joe figure or just a small child. Just yeah, a, just, yeah, just like a, a little action figure next to him. Funniest thing about that dude is when you Google him instead yeah. of saying a basketball player, it says one of the <laughs> tallest living people <laughs> in the world. Oh no. <laughs> Did he almost went undrafted too, didn't he? Or did he go undrafted? He did, but the Celtics signed him as soon as it was over. You yeah. gotta do what you gotta do. All right, so Toby staying in Philly. Yep. Jimmy Butler, where are we going? Jimmy Butler, ah man, I, I don't want to put this one into the universe. Put it. Putting it in the universe, so I think he ends up on the Clippers this offseason. Ooh, there's a dark horse. What's your What's your favorite basketball team? Clippers. Oh, you're a Clippers guy, but you don't want him in the Clippers. Not really, not particularly. But really? I have a f strong feeling uh, there's a report I saw. And why it. don't you want him at the Clippers? That motherfucker played in Tom Thibodeau's system, and he's about to be 30. Yep. Uh, that's called oh. miles right there, man. Yeah. Where you're logging 40 a game in the regular season, like playing all 82 because Jimmy Butler's he's one about of to those break guys. Down. Dude, his, it's, he's going to get... A torn men like a torn meniscus or something, See, and then it's slowly gonna be a free fall. That's you know? a fucking young man thing to say, right? How old are you? Twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll have more sympathy when you get old as fuck, like me. I'm thirty three. Uh, yeah. I'm See, th <laughs> I'm like fuck that guy. I'm thirty three. Logging depression miles. That's way yeah. harder than Thibodeau. So no. <laughs> I only got eight good podcasting months left in me See, by your logic. That reminds me of my dad telling me about the uh, Tiger Woods li latest <laughs> win. He said he almost shed a tear because he oh, was like, because he was like, "See, it's showing you that old guys can still do it and shit." And I'm like, "Dad, that's pathetic." <laughs> I used to say, it, it, "Yo, it annoys me so much." Oh, I hate old men. <laughs> yeah, I hate old men so much. I'm working on a bit about it right now to to get like to try to give the crowd enough candy to get up, but I mean it. And 
I used I get so angry when a new Expendables movie comes out because oh. they get all these fifty and sixty year old men pre- get to pretend they're ass kickers again. Like you're you're not that they're they're being paid to let Sylvester Stallone beat them up, and he's on a he's on an elephant's amount of human growth hormone too. And, and we're gonna just totally ignore it. And them. hasn't eaten a carb in twelve. I'll beat the shit out of you in the theater, Pop Pop. That's you knock it. That's what they should call it instead of Expendables. They should call it. They should call it pay us $12 and we'll tell you you can still kick ass when you're 70. Well, and then they're going to sit there and get the fucking home gym shit and act like that they're still going to do it for real. You know, they're like, Sylvester can still do what I can't do. I can't do. They're buying that Frank Frank Thomas. Yeah, forget (laughs) the fact the guy's been bodybuilding for like 50 fucking years. Like, yeah, yeah, you're going to get it, man. Juiced out of his mind. (laughs) But every old guy thinks they have that one more left in them. Like, like if someone, someone came around here and they were acting up, I got one more good beating left in me. I'll give it to you. It's like, hey, man, I, they just let it go. I, I'll probably, I'll probably have that. Energy you know, now. and the, the, the best part about that one is it is not subject to any race or anything. It is every single older person feels like they have. One thing left in them where it's like one more. I've been saving this, mm-hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the Expendables plays to that. Like someone would call these old pricks and go, "We need you one last time to hang yeah. out of a helicopter." Like, like the Rock is busy; he can't be bothered. Yeah. We need a seventy-seven-year-old. You're right. I've been sitting around the house doing nothing for fifteen years for this. I'm not out of the game. <laughs> I've just been waiting for my... I've been waiting until they really need me. Like, ah, yeah. oh God. Why do we go Southern there? It feels uh, right, doesn't it? Because we know who's really We know who's... <laughs> 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 All right. Jimmy Earn Butler's heart. too old. I'm going to go... I'm going to go really dark horse on Jimmy Butler. All right. I'm going Houston. Okay. For you, Jimmy so you're Butler. following those those reports then. I started I I just got a vibe before all the Daryl Morey stuff came out. He's from Houston. Is he? I think so. You're a 90s culture guy, so you've seen the movie Booty Call, I'm sure. Yes. Doesn't he look like Buns from Booty Call? Wait, you got to tell me the actor. Ja- Jamie, Jamie Foxx. Fox. Yes, yes he does. You're breaking your own rule. You yeah. don't know the character's yeah. name <laughs> in the no, movie. No, I don't. That's a check against you. That's one step towards my iced tea. I'm taking it. <laughs> Uh, D'Angelo Russell, where's his tattletelling ass going? I'll never forgive him for snitching on Nick Young with Iggy Azalea. Oh, man. Now, I don't care about Nick Young. It's it's the code among men. You don't and Do you, you don't snitch. Hang on, hang on. Okay, real basketball question. Go back in time. Do you make the trade knowing what D'Angelo Russell becomes? Do you make the trade still for? Fucking Timothy Mozgov and uh, Kyle Kuzma. Goddamn right I do. You, you Snitch. He snitched, <laughs> on, <laughs> no, he snitched on his friend. He ruined it off of hearsay. You know what I bet happened, though? I think he, I think that's a fucking favor, man. I think it is, too. Yeah. Where's his, For both of them. When was her last song? And when I mean? was his last jump shot? So the, yeah, it's probably a favor to the, bo- to the both of ring. them. He won a ring. Oh, he did win a ring. Yeah. Is he still with Golden State? No, no, no. Okay. He's out of the league, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, play, he's going to be three on three pretty soon. The big, he's going to be in a big oh, three. Oh, he'll be a big soon. three MVP, though. So, okay. uh, I, Kuz, the jury's still out on Kuz. Yeah, he can hit uh, like 32% of his threes. Big fucking whoop. He could he hey, can play shit defense. Great. But, but you know what? <laughs> You know what's important, especially with especially with LeBron showing up to town, he can keep a secret. That's what you can count on Kuz for, and you can't count on D'Angelo. You know, what we're, shaky under pressure. Speaking of secrets and LeBron, 
You know what everyone just dropped? Remember when LeBron messaged that girl on Instagram, some fitness girl or I something? I do. Just asking her out and was kind of being like pervertive, you know? And then no one fucking wants to bring it up again. It all got dropped. And that's, it's like, oh, Bron's back to being family, man. That's it's like, how powerful LeBron yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. This dude was fucking bitches, <laughs> all right? Let's not act. Let's act. Hey. Uh, they, he built a school. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really Yo, who gotta, needs a school? <laughs> I really got to shake this image, she man. Put him on, she put him on blast. He sent oh, her yeah. a message and said, how about you teach me to do cartwheels? I'll teach you to play basketball. And I think I think this is probably what happened to D'Angelo Russell. Russell. I think she sent it to her friend and was like, oh, my God, look who messaged me. And the friend was like, we're going to capitalize money. off this shit. Yeah, exactly. That's how easily it can happen. That's how easily it can be taken down. See, that makes me want to catfish some people then. You could do that. No, well, just get, you know, just, I don't know. Secondary. Steal pictures and then act like you're them and just only hit on NBA players. I, get them to say some weird shit. Boom. Sell it to see, TNT. See, you are, you are, you are D'Angelo Russell. That's, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> That's why I like him. <laughs> if you told me where you think he's going yet, I don't oh, even know oh, if we've got, goddamn. I don't even know if we've gotten there. Uh, but yeah, I would keep, I would, I would trade him for potentially Kuz. Mozgov's a wash, but well, they needed to they needed yeah, to get him out of there. Well, they needed to get off. They got off someone's contract too. I can't remember. I think it was Luol Deng's or something. Oh, um, that was a big contract to get out of too. Yeah, but anyway, I'm, yeah, I would say D'Angelo Russell actually goes to the place where uh, Luol Deng plays now, Minnesota Timberwolves. Wow, I say, I say. I'm going to say that he goes back to Brooklyn. But he, okay. So Last we'll resort. We'll see where your Kyrie pick goes. Last exactly right. No spoilers. Next, Boogie Cousins. Where's his big old ass go to? Somewhere that's got a mid-level exception open for him. <laughs> <laughs> where do you think he goes? Oh, shit. Um... <sighs> Who needs a stretch five that can't play defense? Most teams. <laughs> <laughs> Most teams, uh, oddly shit. enough. Shit. Um, honestly, I could see him going to like the Pelicans, something like that. Oh, that's another guy we forgot is Al Horford. I'm gonna. Yeah, we'll go Al Horford, which is funny because we'll we'll have to go through these quicker. I'm gonna say Boogie goes. Yeah, we'll where'd you say Boogie's going? Uh, I think he's going to go back to the Pelicans. Okay, I think he's... I'm going to say that he, in something that's not being reported at all, I'm going to call that he goes to Boston. I think Boston picks him up. Ah, that would be a Danny Ainge move. little Danny Ainge type uh, move. Oh, uh, yep. yeah. Get somebody I, on a little discount. I hope any viewers here listen to basketball. I mean, watch basketball. We're going to get through this. <laughs> We're going to start getting through it a little quicker. Yeah, yeah, I realize like, oh my God, if they don't watch basketball, they're hating us. You can suck my ass if you don't watch basketball. You're learning something about basketball right now. That's good enough. All right, let's, yeah, we'll get through this quicker then. Kemba Walker. Kemba, Boston. It's already been reported. You think he's, you think he's going for sure? Oh yeah, I think they got it. I'm going to say he goes to the New York Knicks. Kemba Walker Whoa, to the okay. New York Knicks. All right, that would be cool, but we'll see. Kyrie Irving. Uh, I think that is going to – I think he's going to the Nets. I, I do. You're calling him to Brooklyn. Yeah. Kyrie Irving, I'm calling too. Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, yeah. You know, that was the other team I was going to say for him. You know, he might go to the Lakers too. Fuck, that's a good – all right, I'll stick with the Nets. Clay Thompson. 
Golden State, he's going to stay. I call the same thing. Kevin Durant. I think he's going to the Knicks. Ooh, I'm saying he's going to stay uh, at no. Golden State. I say he's going to stay. They're going to get through it together. And finally, the most important piece, Kawhi Leonard. Clippers. You're going Clippers? Yep. I I'm think saying. him and Jimmy Butler team up, and they get uh, they get a real super team going. That'd There's be a amazing. Bunch of, Bunch of good bench guys. They shouldn't have gotten rid of Patrick Beverly. To have Patrick Beverly and Jimmy Butler in the same I team, they they'd could, beat somebody up could, every night. I think they could ref- afford to keep all three of them. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard, I'm going to say, stays in Toronto. Oh, okay. Not bad. And a then lot of Al homers. Horford? Al Horford's going to the who gives a shits. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's going to go, ooh, Lakers where, where would he go? You're going Lakers? Yeah. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say he goes to New York. Him and Kemba in New York together be cute. Fucking a. All right. All right. Really piss off Boston. I like it. Yeah. You know, they don't get Kemba and they lose Al Horford. They lose Al Horford <laughs> yeah. to just to go. Oh, and to one of the Kyrie rivals. goes to the Lakers. Perfect. Kyrie, yeah. yeah Boston, they get dicked Boston over. Boston just kills them. They take a dicken all around. That's what I. <laughs> yeah. That's what I hope. They take a Bobby sized dicken. Oh yeah, big time. Potential. Yeah. So you're going to a show tonight. Yeah. Yeah, doing a show uh, up in Hanford tonight. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's just in a couple hours now. Yeah. Um, how long you been doing comedy now? Uh, I, actually, I actually don't know. Uh, well, let's see. I mean, I started back in 2014. Okay, you did. Um, yeah, and I did that for about five or six months. Okay. Uh, and then I had to stop because I had to finish up with college. Uh, throughout college was able to do like public speaking and stuff throughout like literally every semester so I was kind of always talking in front of people yeah um and then as soon as I was done with school literally last uh Halloween I did my first open mic here in Bakersfield and then just have not been at it since yeah so about a year and a half about Two a year years? and a, uh, about a year and a half to okay. altogether now, yeah. That's nice. I always wondered because it seemed when you came, it seemed like you were already doing it for a couple of years. Well, I, I were you writing while you were on hiatus? Still, yeah, okay. I would always write um, for sure. And then I, I really contribute like uh, the stage stuff and whatever, just to. In L.A., when I started, I was able to get up every night, you know? Oh, yeah. So, like... Doing potlucks and... Yeah, yeah. So, I was just up on stage every night, and I just stopped giving a fuck about, you know... You're used to death. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, well, if it bomb, I bomb, you know? That type of mentality. So, you would do a Los Angeles open mic every night to start. What does that feel like when you start? Is it exciting and, and you don't realize... Like if the rooms are, it, was it all empty rooms? Like I'm guessing, and uh, lotteries and it, it was just a lot of uh, comic only empty room type shit. Yeah, uh, lottery, um, pay for play. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking horrible laugh factory experience where you sit in front of the laugh factory for three hours before the signups even start. Oh, you did that. Oh, I did it once, and then I just. T- but it's not even the signups for that night, is it? It's the signups for the next week, I heard. Yeah, it is. God damn. Yeah. So you got to stand there for three hours, and you're definitely not going to go up on stage that night. No. And, and you then, might not even get on stage the next week. Well, yeah, and then you're questioning. You're like, well, why am I just trying to get on this venue? Why don't I just go hit mics while I'm doing, like, why wouldn't I just be doing time instead of right. waiting here? Do they still do the line and the list? Oh, yeah, they still do all of that. That's it's so crazy. I mean, it's... I want to do the comedy store open mic, but that's almost just as bad. It's just as 
Did it feel know? like tough sledding while you were doing it at the start, or did it just feel like that? Like this is what it is. Uh, it felt fun. just like this is what it is. But I will be like, like you. You always knew that in other places it might be better, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. And because you'd listen to the podcast and people would t- like say like, "Oh, you can't start in L.A. You can't start in L.A. Whatever." And you always just be like, "Well, fuck," you know. You hear about people who do and stuff, and. It, and I'd say the hardest thing about it is just not getting an accurate read on a lot of material and yeah. then only kind of doing stuff that has a lot of like shock in it. Yeah. A lot of like to get some kind of response. Yeah. Something that's unexpected, something that's, okay. you know, whereas I've talked to other comedians about it who are, who do LA all the time, who live in LA and then come up and stuff. And they'll say the same thing where, a lot of times the shit you'll say gets like weird looks or like groans because people are like, Oh, like what the fuck? (laughs) And then you're like, Oh yeah, that's right. I was doing that for a room. Only comedians, 20 comics who started laughing. You know what I mean? I've got to be careful with that. It shows sometimes is I'll say a joke and it goes pretty dark or pretty dirty and you hear a laugh response, but it's not until I listen to the recording later of like, Oh, that was only one side of the room. It was only the comic side of the room that was laughing at that. Because you'll tell a joke and it'll do well, and then you'll take it to a show show, and you're like, why did the crowd clam up at that one? They were so into it, and you're like, oh, that was just comedians that were laughing. I didn't even realize that. Well, I'm fucking Rocket Shop's so dangerous for that. It be- is. Dude, that's why I would like, literally like, halfway turn my body to the that you side have of to. the room. Because you're like, dude, I, if I start only focusing on you guys, I'll just play to comedians. Exactly. And... And, what, and like I was just saying, once you start doing that, yeah, that's where you get stuck in all the weird shit, all the dark stuff that, you know, makes a lot of people just not, they can't relate to it as much as stuff that you actually try and flesh out. Or, or yeah, like, or you you won't know, you won't know that that still needs work because we just, we just like shock value stuff off the off the bat usually like the for us we just like the ingredients so the the more strange it gets the more we enjoy it but if it needs more work we won't know until we go to a place where it's just a crowd oh yeah i mean we we laugh at ridiculous stuff you know what i mean you and that's the one thing i i hate is when comedians will rely on stuff when they're doing new stuff to be like well that didn't work or something like that and you're like all right yeah we're gonna (laughs) laugh that's such a cheap little laugh you know this one's this one's just a little bit for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, just save me a little bit so I don't feel like a total piece of shit right now. I run into that at work all the time. I Everybody knows I do comedy, but I don't really joke around a whole lot at the workplace. And I've had people say... You're not, you're so, you're not open. You don't really, you don't really joke around much. And I've explained, yeah, that's because I'm not going to, I can't decide where the line is. I'm not going to get offended. You have to decide where the line is. And then I'll just stay ahead of that. Because if we opened up and joked around, I'm going to say horrible shit until someday I ruin your entire week. And then it's too late. Well, and then not only that is once you've opened the floodgates, then like every time you talk to me, I'm going to say something fucking awful. Yeah, I'm going to say something ridiculous or something because I think that we can do that. Right. And it's just like it's going to get annoying to the other person extremely fast. Whereas if I just keep it, you know, professional and not jokes. Yeah. Then uh. now the crazy stuff that you like you say to us and we say back and forth to each other. Do you say that stuff to your girlfriend, too? Uh, to my girlfriend, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So she's has she come along the the journey with you of like she's probably no one has ever spoken 
the way that you will say certain things and she's like bought because i've run into that too that, of like that kkk joke i created just like literally just talking, talking to her. At her that's the best way <laughs> talking at her you know what i mean that's the best way i develop bits is by talking about something just the way i feel with one of my closest people mm-hmm. and just letting it form from there and yeah Oh, yeah. Every time, that's mostly how it comes, is where you're just talking about something ridiculous. and then My favorite laugh to get is when someone who's just normal, a normal person, a non-comic person, you say one of the most horrible things they've ever heard, and they have that laugh like they just heard an awful, awful thing, but also can't stop laughing at yeah, it. Yeah, it's like... The only way I can relate to it is uh, making someone laugh like really good is like when someone sees like a kid or like someone like trip or something and you're like you feel bad but at the same time you can't help it but just <laughs> yeah. laugh. You're like that was so fucking funny. I don't know why that's funny but I just can't <laughs> stop. Yeah, yeah. I just there are certain things like that that will that will set me and it's those benign things that will set me off forever like. There was a time where I walked out of this apartment complex and I saw a guy who kind of looked like a dad's age mm-hmm. and he was he was stuffing uh, the the dumpster bin out there was full and he was stuffing a pool noodle in, into <laughs> like two pool noodles into it and it's just like so immediately my brain went all right this is a dad He's in an apartment complex, which means the rest of his family is somewhere else. Yeah. And he's jamming a pool noodle into the dumpster. So I just, my mind generated this whole situation of like whatever spiral just happened this weekend to make him alone. He's like, I guess I'll never see them again. And my imagination, I laughed for a half hour. And this I could, is why I'm alone. He said, yeah. And most likely he just had an old pool noodle, but I was laughing. So I creeped him out because I could not stop laughing thinking <laughs> yeah. about that whole scenario in <laughs> my head. I, I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's always the most random benign things like that. Yeah. So you, you've you been doing it about a, about a year and a half now, which is still, it's still pretty. I know for me, it, I mean, even now still, when it's show day, that's all I think about if it's show day, especially if you're doing a longer set. Right. That's all that's that's all that's somewhere in the back of my brain. That's if I'm at work, the show that night is in the back of my brain. If it's even worse if I'm not at work, if I'm trying to watch TV, how the show is going to go is in the back of my brain. Do you run into that too? No, I You don't have that. No. Oh, I wish. No, I dude, I'm truthfully just excited to be there. Uh I'm it, if it starts to go bad, I'll just uh try and up the energy or I've always you know wanted I mean? that. I, I I don't I'm not trying to act like I don't get nervous because I know the minute I'm about 30 to 45 minutes before I'm supposed to get up is when I really start to feel it. Uh, like I get a like sinking feeling and I get all jittery and shit. Yeah. Then that's when I start going through my notes and I start like, okay, what jokes do I want to do? How do I want to do this? Yeah. I don't know. For me, it, it, it really is a last minute type of thing. What a gift. No, it's not a gift because I, 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 it's almost like I don't even remember I have a fucking show, you know? It's it's like that. I can't tell you how many times it's show day. The show starts at 8. It's 1 p.m. and I'm laying on the couch and just want to watch some TV. And I can't, I cannot stop focusing on whatever's going to happen that night, which I have no idea what's happening. And I can't let it go. I wish I could. Why, why I, do you think you do that? I think I'm just neurotic in general. If I've right. got something hanging over, I can't. Like, have you always been kind of relaxed and, and easygoing? No, I mean, dude, I get super nervous. I'm actually, at, I'm like normally an anxious person and stuff. Uh-huh. It's just with stand-up, um, I, I just genuinely like doing it. Yeah. So I just don't, 
you know, I, I don't think about it because I'm like, it's just stand up. And then it hits me later. Right yeah. Do you think it's all the public speaking and all that? That Yeah, maybe. But I also think it's just my mind doesn't really click on it yet. Yeah. You know, like for you, you're like locked in from from 1 p.m. Like you're saying, whereas I, for me, like I'm not locked in at all. <laughs> <laughs> like if someone is like, come do your set right now, man. I'd be like, ah, what? what? Oh, shit. Like, ah, give me 30 minutes, man. Whereas yeah. you could. You could at 1 p.m. You could get up and do you want to do your set at 1 p.m. You know what I mean? Right. You're like, it's here right now in my brain. To, Let's yeah. do this now. Right. Yeah. My enjoyment of the day is going to be doing the set and then after the set, getting a pizza and just hanging. Like that's I can't <laughs> like <it's> wait. <laughs> I can't wait to get the pizza after the set, How whether it went well or went poorly and just kind of reflect on how it how it went. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. As soon as. On show day, as soon as I wake up, I want it to be show minute, like right <laughs> yeah. now. Let me start right now. Oh yeah. I've been trying. I've gotten a little better at it, especially getting more of a breadth of material. It, that helps a lot because I know now show days are are fun because I know I know the plays I'm running. I've been doing right. these bits for a long time. I I just got to figure out the order. Got to make sure I'm on my points. Got to make sure shit doesn't fall apart. But I know what I'm going to be doing, as opposed to you know on a on a night where we're doing an open mic. I want to work on something that either isn't see, working or something brand new. So at that point, I'm like, eh. see, and that's where I think it. I I feel that way. I think that's why I'm probably not nervous is because I know all the jokes I'm doing tonight. Um, I've done them a fucking shitload of times now. <laughs> So it's like I think I'm doing 20 minutes or something, and it, it, you know, whatever. I'll just do the four jokes I think are best, and and you know, add in a couple other ones and be done with it. Whereas like when I'm trying out new shit at Rocket Shop or something, or if I'm bringing the jo- joke I've been working on at Rocket Shop and I'm bringing it up like to Timbler or to another open mic or yeah. somewhere where I want to impress people, it. I get a lot more nervous and I really do. It, it clicks in a lot faster because I'm like, how the fuck do I want to say this joke? You know, interesting. I, I don't, you probably know this already, but at a year and a half to be as comfortable as you are with doing 20 or 25 minutes is really good. Most people don't, most people don't have that for a long time after a year and a half. Dude, I, I like, don't, I don't even know. Like I just, I, I think it's just cause I do it so much. Um, yeah. You know, I'm willing to make the drives by myself and whatever. I, I don't know if it's because it's that or what. I just maybe it's I'm I'm doing horrible material and I'm just <laughs> talking fast and I don't know. I have no fucking idea. I just I've seen I've seen like 15, 20 year comics come up here mm-hmm. and get and get anxiety that they're gonna do forty five minutes of like I've seen a comical like God because they'll be like they turn into opening acts for big timers so they'll do 25 minutes at a theater and play the greatest hits for one of the biggest names in comedy and then they get booked to headline places and i've seen a couple come up here and be like god i'm doing an hour i don't know i don't i don't know where i'm gonna fill an hour and i'm I'm, in my mind i'm thinking like boy you've been doing this 20 years yeah i would think that you would be just you would do an hour in your sleep yeah you'd have like five hours like ready to go just at any time ready to explode so yeah the the learning curve is very different for for different people so it's good to be at that point at a year and a half where you're like i could do 25 no and see this is the hardest part of you know of comedy for me is uh i've I hate saying this shit. Is I've stopped being sh- shit, or I don't know. No, you're like, right. Yeah, and it, it's you're here's 
and I'll say it for you. Yeah. I've told you that you're you're very good already. Yeah. And I've told you I've heard audience members, you got off stage the other week and an audience member said to the other one, He's always funny. Mm-hmm. And so that's good to hear. And also you've got a you've got a different thing where you're very unique. Like I I wouldn't peg you for growing up in Monterey or even California because you sound different than everybody I know out here. Like you, you have a, a little bit of a twang in your voice, yeah, and you right. say you say things in a way that's different than everybody else, which yeah. which I like. like yeah, I, I've I've been told the my way voice you, is you hit your words, yeah, like yeah. you kind of you you drag them a little, and it it's funny just on that too. No, and and I get that. The only it's just hard for me to you know to be like, oh yeah, yeah I, I'm funny. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like oh yeah, I, thanks, thanks. I think I'm funny too. Like, yeah. no, it's uh, dude. You know what it's like. You just don't want to be that guy who is like, oh yeah, I, I fuck. It, it acts like they're the shit or something, and then you see him bomb one time, and it's just the greatest feeling. You're it like, is. yeah, you fucking suck like the rest of us, you <laughs> douche. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> like like so i for me i never want to be that guy i always want to just be like well i'm doing the best i can well, whatever's cool you know yeah like, doing comedy is so humbling i don't know how anybody can still be a cocksucker in comedy because but they exist see there's <laughs> there's the humility of a comedian that i can connect with is when you're talking about that person that's too cocky we don't even say aha you suck we say aha you suck too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because we know. We, we're going to die? Oh, yeah. We know we suck all the time. We know we're going to die at some point. Oh, dude, the minute you start throwing premises out there and you're like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? Like, And there's some nice that the crowd just, they're just not going to like what you've got. Dude, Wednesday night. Fucking awful. Oh, my God, dude. I, I tried. I, I like tried I saw too. a bunch of people really try and then it was just like, man, they were just looking at you like, Yeah, okay, cool, cool jokes. I <laughs> told I told the crowd Thursday night about the Wednesday night crowd and I said, Here's what it when you bomb, bombing's awful, but when you bomb and you're hosting, I bombed seventeen <laughs> yeah. times last Dude, night. Seventeen I, I forget that. Seventeen so. straight times like and I knew what person what the weird part was they were fine with my set set. But then once I started going up between people by comic three, I'm going, they're going to hate me all night. That's what I know in my head. And I'm sitting there on the chair like, got to go back up in five minutes to give it a shot. And I couldn't even, for whatever reason, I'm usually better at holding it in. But I couldn't hold it in throughout the middle of the night. I just started going, you know what? Fuck you guys, man. Well, no. And dude. But they were good people. Well, the summertime is bringing the hecklers. It is. It is. It, people are having no problems not shutting up and people have more free time so in the winter time we get comedy crowds that are that know their comedy crowds right. now everybody's got more free time so they're going ah, i'll come check something out so when we get 80 people in the room 20 of them don't belong mm-hmm. and we got to weed them and they're going to creep out the rest of the room for a couple weeks and then once august or september hits we'll be kind of back into the flow yeah no i mean it, it it's definitely true it's just it is cooler during the summertime um with you know how many people are coming out yeah that is nice i mean sure they're kind of kind of shitty but if you can you know if you can get them for your small amount of time it's awesome right but then you realize you're being selfish and you're like (laughs) they're cool for me but they've been an asshole for the other six people (laughs) like you know so you're like ah they should probably get kicked out or you have those other comics that when you say like man the crowd's been rough tonight they're like i thought they were i thought they were yeah of course you did 
Because they laughed oh, at your boner joke. Oh, Congratulations. I'm not trying to be a dick or anything. Or when you, you, you're you saying something and you're like, I'll be talking to Boydston or fucking someone else, Hacker or something. And I'll yeah. be like, man, the crowd's fucking rough tonight, you know? And then you'll see a new comic come out right. who just did like, okay, you know? And they're like, I thought it was pretty good. And I'm like, of course <laughs> you fucking thought it was good. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Right. It's the biggest laugh you ever got, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just said words, bitch. <laughs> you just—they didn't laugh at your joke. They laughed at those words. Yeah, your fucking face—that's what they're laughing you won't at. Even, yeah, you won't even remember those words next Wednesday. You're gonna uh, be unfunny as shit with a good. That's so funny. Uh, yeah. That's the best part is watching the old interplay with the young as far as time doing comedy, oh, yeah. or just like the wise for you, like you're wise for your years. Mm-hmm. Some people have been doing it 15. Some people have been doing it one year 15 times. Some people seem like they've been doing it 10 years and two. You don't know what someone's learning curve is going to be. But I love watching the very, very fresh certain personality types interact with the very, very veteran. Like Boydston got off stage a couple weeks ago. And there's this dude that I've only seen two or three times. He might I've been seeing him for a year or two, Mm -hmm. but he might have come out three times in those two years. Okay. And Boydston comes off stage and this kid, real nice kid, but he stops him and he's like, hey, you said this during your joke. And Boydston's like, yeah. And he goes, maybe, maybe try and like gave him a couple words. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. It just came to my head. I think, I think it's, I think something's there. I think I got something. And but I saw it wash over as sweet as Boydston is. I saw it wash over his face that he wanted to, that he wanted to go, get the fuck out of here. But he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he yeah. just went, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'll remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. and the way he, the way Boydston reacted to the kid, I think he kind of got the hint that like maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking <laughs> maybe about. Maybe I right? shouldn't give notes. Yeah, I was in Fresno one time and was doing a show where the Booker. It was a, it was supposed to be a clean comedy show, and you don't want to fuck the Booker over. So mm-hmm. I don't now. Most likely now, unless it was a, an extreme case, if someone called me and said, "Hey, I want you to do an all clean show," I would say, "No, no, that's not for me. Right. I'm not a I'm not a clean guy." Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it was for like some cause or so, I wouldn't. So I got a call. I was going to do a clean show, but I'm going to get to do 45 minutes. So cool. It's going to be in a, this restaurant. They had the ads set. They had the posters. They have all that. So I'm thinking maybe this will get a good crowd. I show up. There's no crowd. There, there are. Three people there to watch. What town was this? In? This was in Fresno. Okay. This was at a at a restaurant. I forget what it is, but it had a lot of paneling mm-hmm. on it. There's a restaurant filled with a lot of paneling. I'll get you the name after the okay. uh, later tonight. And I show up, and three people turned out for the show. They sat in the very back of the room. One couple. They were that were they were a large couple. Right. One old man. It was like seventy mm-hmm. five year old old man. They're in the back of the room. And now every, but so the, the, the room is, let's say the room is like a 14 by 14 square. Okay. And then there's a little walkway and next to that with no enclosure is a bar. The bar loads up with like 20 people, but none of them are paying attention to us and they're far enough away that we can hear them, but they're not really interested and they're cursing like sailors. Right. And they're They're definitely not clean. They're not clean, but they're patrons. Mm -hmm. We agreed that we would be clean. So there's three people on the show, or four. It was the Booker was going to do a few minutes as the host, opener, feature, me. Booker goes up and just says, hey, I'm, insert Booker's name, we're going to start the show, give it up for opener. Opener is supposed to do 10 minutes. 
opener does about 90 seconds. Oh. I go, that's all I got. I'm going to jump <laughs> off stage. Jumps off, brings up the feature. The feature is supposed to do, I forget if it was 15 or 20 minutes, does, right. I don't know, five minutes? Oh, no. And then brings me up. And I feel supreme responsibility for these three people to try to do something. So now I'm going up with the intent of I've got to give them a clean hour. I don't even know if I have a clean. I mean, I can drag stories to tell out stories for a clean hour. Cut off certain parts of jokes and just have this one part. You so know? I get up and these three people, that like they're almost so disinterested. And the 20 people are, and now one of the ladies out of the 20 people keeps yelling sexual things at me. Oh, God. And I want to go at her, but she's teaching a dance course. She's teaching a salsa class after this. And everyone at the bar is there, except for a couple guys, are there for the salsa class. So if I call her out, I'm going to have a mutiny. I got a mutiny on my hands. So I got to try to be playful with her without saying dirty shit, which is extra. And I'm, I'm I'm maybe 40 minutes into this. Okay. And I'm dying. Everything's falling. I'm maybe 40 minutes into this. And then those Are they at least paying attention? No. No, not even looking at no, you. No, no. The, the thing where they won't even like look at you. Not like, at all. Like if we act like he doesn't exist, then <laughs> he's not he's not here being depressing. There's a dude with his back to me and he's watching UFC highlights for Oh god. For a, with sound all the way up. For a UFC that happened like five years or he's watching like a five years ago BJ Penn pay-per-view oh, no. highlight epi- and he's watching it loud. Just to hopefully drown you out. J- just because who ended back to me the entire show. And so I'm about 40 minutes into my set and the staff just starts fucking around in the room to prepare for the salsa. So I'm I'm standing in the front of the room. There's a little bit of space behind me. They start constructing a table behind me and they start stacking things on the table behind me and then they start vacuuming the floor around me so that in front of you in like around me so like Like a square around you yeah they're 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 to tell you get off stage essentially uh probably but i I don't know if they were oblivious to what i was trying to do or they saw it wasn't going to work so we might as well get ready or they were trying to to get me out of there as quickly as possible. So I wound up only doing only 45 minutes oh, that I can never get back on my life. But the whole the whole reason I tell the story is because I, I come off and the three people in the crowd, they didn't give, like you expect to get like, maybe give me maybe a little something. Yeah, like, maybe a little happiness. Oh, like you were so good for you keeping going, you know, like something. The couple split. Like they they left that room faster than they've ever, like, like I said, they were sizable people. They fucking zoomed out of the room. Oh God, he's coming towards us. He's got to he, go. Get out of here. <laughs> the old dude walks up to me and he looks like this old like New York dude. And I'm thinking maybe like he's going to give me like a, hey, you know, I... It was really good style. I know not a lot of people here, but I see something special. Like he's walking up to me like he's going to say something like that. And I'm, and I so I say, hey, thank you so much for coming out. And he leans in, still like he's going to give me the inspiration. But he leans in and he goes, huh, wasn't the best show I've ever seen, but can't beat the price because <laughs> it was free admission, oh, this piece oh of shit. Oh, my God, what a piece <laughs> of turned, fucking shit. He turned and walked out and then... The dude who was watching the UFC highlights with the sound up the whole time, he turns around from the bar as I'm about to walk out, and he goes, hey, bro, posterized. And I said, what? He goes, when you were on stage, you were telling a joke about getting dunked on in basketball? Posterized. It's shorter. It's better. 
And I was like, you, I said, you were listening the whole fucking time, you asshole. And he just started laughing. He's like, yo, you should tell this in your act, bro. I was like, oh, Mike, I wanted to die right there. But he, the worst part about it was he, he was right. I, I used posterize. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I don't, trust, I don't trust an audience to all know what posterize means. But for the sake of brevity, posterized is better than dunked on. The it piece is. of shit I is know. right. You should have used posterized. Goddamn <laughs> son of a bitch. Goddamn. Yeah. Uh, I've only done one clean show. Uh, Recently? Yeah, uh, a few months ago now. Uh, it was up in Tehachapi, so you can imagine who it was for. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> this is for a charity? Yes. On a Sunday afternoon? Yes. Uh, it was me, Landon, and Gabe. Okay. Uh, and then I think I think Dave Abkirian was also on that show. Oh, earlier. he's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was just, it was, you know, it's yeah. a clean show for a, a bunch good, of people trying to be clean. Uh, yeah, I tried. I did my best. So what time of day was this? Uh, hang on. It was. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll let yeah, you. I'll yeah. let you roll. It I'm sorry. It was for a uh, uh, anti. It was for an addiction, you know, awareness type <laughs> of get a you know clean living home and to hatch be built type of deal, <laughs> right? A pot dealer. <laughs> I haven't. Said I'm his saying name. an alleged. I'm, I'm not gonna dealer. say the yeah. name. But I'm gonna say is an alleged pot dealer. Yeah, anyway, addiction, yeah. addiction awareness. There's no one more aware of addiction than this guy. Anyway, uh, so to put it shortly, it was a show. Uh, it was still daylight outside. It was probably about six, six thirty when I went up on stage. Broad daylight. Yeah, broad daylight. Um, outside, inside. Uh, inside, thankfully, okay. uh, there was about five to six people in the crowd uh, oh, no. scattered all throughout a very <laughs> large room with a dance floor. So there's a, you're on stage and there's probably about a 12 foot dance floor. <laughs> uh, and then all the, and then all the tables and stuff. And I got to give it up. I mean, the crowd was cool. So they didn't, I got to give it up. They like, didn't put the tables and chairs on the dance floor. No, because you'd scratch up the dance they floor. They left. Come on, they put it behind the dance <laughs> On the carpet, yes. But I, I got to give it up. The crowd was cool. Okay. They were, they, they were on board with my jokes. Uh, Landon did good, too. I didn't see Gabe set, but, you know. Right. They were actually cool. They are responsive, everything, even you know. Even still, it's nerve-wracking. Like, even if even if they're on the money, they're like, give it give a round of applause for Austin. Even even if they're the best, it's still. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. There's five and of then, them. And then you're like, and then you do a joke, and then you'll see, like, two people that you've been focusing on laugh and you're like i guess i'm doing good crushing <laughs> yeah. and then uh so i get off still broad daylight out and then i get paid to be on the show but instead of being paid in money or anything i got paid in drugs oh my god i got paid god. to do a clean show for an addiction uh fundraiser <laughs> and drugs <laughs> so yeah that was uh that's my only experience with a clean show <laughs> <laughs> in broad daylight. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that right. is fan. That is such that guy. <laughs> yeah, that is to the T. He's the most lovable bum human. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, bum human I've ever met. And uh, I like I've wanted to not like him for so long, and I can't help we're, it. We're on a show with him tomorrow. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm going to love him. Oh, yeah. He's going to do and, great. But I know he's going to give me something to say that makes me want to hate him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. Always does. 
Probably paid out the crowd and drugs too. The relapse comedy show. Uh, dude, chuckle buddies, man. My God, <laughs> chuckle buddies. There's some chuckle buddies out no, there. No, no, the website chuckle buddies. Remember? No. Rental laughers. Oh. oh. Yeah, six for one twenty-five or whatever. I can't believe that's a real thing. Dude, you could get twelve people in a room for two hundred and fifty dollars and make it sound like you're crushing it. That's. That's disgusting. So sad. <laughs> That's disgusting. It's so sad. That's when I learned. I remember learning how much bullshit there is, and just in Hollywood and TV and politics. That's one of those things for for a lot of comedy specials. If they don't know the comic, they have audience coordinators, and they and they kind of fluff the room that way. Um, <clears throat> I I remember being. We we had to do an opening for an, this old disgraced politician. We were gonna do crowd warm up, and I remember finding out that like that he was doing a speaking tour, and and while we were there, we were trying to warm up the crowd before we got there, and the crowd was just like staring at us, and finally I was I was like, do do you guys have any questions for us? And a guy raised his hand, and we're like, yeah, what's going on? He goes, yeah, uh, why are we here? What? And I said, you don't, you don't know what you're here for. Were they paid like just central casting kind of deal, or half of them were paid? <laughs> half of them were just street wanderers who were looking to get out of the heat, get some free craft service, food and drinks. They might, I don't know if they got paid for being there. Just no idea what the hell they were doing there. I was like, I wonder how many things I see on TV where the people who like look like they're such in support. Like, I wonder how many rallies where there's 40 people behind the person at the podium. I wonder how many of them had no idea what they were showing up for at first. Well, I mean, I've seen that where, you know, you'll see like people behind the podium who aren't making faces like yeah. that they want. And then you'll see like they pan back and the person's the- gone and replaced <laughs> with a new person. Yeah, you know, it's I like what the shit. fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to get it. We don't like that fa- that face. Nope, nope, they're going to pause it right there. That no. face isn't polling well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you had a have you had a best show since you started? Favorite uh, show? If I'm being well, I mean, I've had some some fun shows and stuff or whatever, but if I'm talking like actually made me feel like holy shit, like yeah. that was really cool. All of those have come at Timbler, I think. Yeah, goddamn right they uh, did. Yeah. Every Wednesday at 7, you piece of shit. Tell them one more time. Where'd they all happen uh, at? Timbler Brewing. That's going to uh, be... There's yeah. the ad right there. Is right that there true? Buck Owens. Yes, it is, actually. Fuck you, Dan. They've all happened at Timbler. No, uh, dude, I've just had a couple sets there where there's been a lot of people, and I've decided to like just really bring the heat with some yeah. jokes or whatever, and... Dude, um, you know, a lot of people bitch about the laughs in there. Not the laughs, but the way the laughs sound, you yeah. know? But, man, I, I, I've i just done, I, I've heard, you know, I that's where I feel like I've done the best sometimes, yeah. and it's been really fucking cool. Um, you know, I've done good uh, in, like, other rooms and stuff. Uh, you know, Rocket Shop, and then other rooms up in uh, Fresno, De Chicho's, uh, yeah. you know, um, full, cir- full Circle on Olympic. I still have... Um, I still haven't been out there. Yeah, uh, under the under the new yeah, you know, just uh, done a bunch of rooms everywhere, and yeah, Timbler's definitely the how many people you get in there. Well, especially crazy when it goes well in that room, especially knowing everything you know, like the lights are all the way up, the stage is probably high, too high yeah. for for the open mic, 
it's wide. There's beer tanks in there. Mm-hmm. It's a big crowd. There's seat. Some of them are seated pretty far away. It's nerve wracking because it it can be a tough room. Like they don't give you anything easy. Oh, yeah. And so it's of all the rooms, it's one of the more nerve wracking ones. So when it goes well, it's like now I I feel like I've earned something. Well, yeah, it's definitely nerve wracking because it's the only one I feel that make like. I mean, I'm going up to do, you know, something in Hanford or whatever here in a bit, and I don't, I don't feel very nervous. But man, even, even a few hours before Timbler, I'm like, fuck, it's probably gonna be a lot of people there tonight, and then I gotta get there early to sign up because so many people sign up. That was. And then you just you sit around and you wait, and then you're like, fuck, you just see the room fill up, and then you walk out, and then you walk back in, and the room like doubles. Yeah. You're like, fuck. <laughs> Where did you all come from? Yeah. And then yeah. you're like, okay, so we're doing good jokes tonight, then, and then you're you freaking just thinking about shit and then you're reading the room so you can say some funny shit while you're up there and then it's just fuck man it's the only room that makes me like constantly on my toes well that was the best a couple weeks ago is we were on the side of the stage you were going up next and you said to me you're like i don't know what it is about this room but it's the only one that still makes me feel weird before i go up and then and then you went up and set the room on fire and that like that always feels good when you're when yeah. you you get that rush in your belly of like I don't know what this is gonna be like and mm-hmm. you go up and you tear it down and there's there's a relaxation in that I don't know if you feel that way but the next day you can't make me nervous about anything that next day oh no you feel like you feel like you're like okay that many people were there and I could have ate shit just as hard as I killed and instead i fucking went the other way made them all laugh got them all on my side and everything and you're like maybe i am good at maybe this. i am <laughs> yeah and it's like yeah i'll never forget when i was in tulsa and i was going to school when I, they would do socratic methods so they would read a case and they just call you out and you have to try to what and it's a bit nerve-wracking right. and i would be nervous that i wasn't going to know something and seem stupid or whatever i remember the first when i started doing comedy and i remember the first time i did well at the comedy club so it's the same thing as Templar professional environment yeah and i did well at the comedy club that next day i went into school i was in class like fuck you oh i don't know the answer Fuck it. I'm not, yeah. I don't care about, not, you don't, do you even know what the fuck I made work last night? It feels good. Uh, and that is a problem with being uh, an onstage entertainer who only gets to use their words. <laughs> it definitely, you definitely get some weird superiority with like. The rest of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because right, you're like, you know, I made a bunch of people watch me and all I did was fucking talk. Yeah. Okay. It's a skill. All right. Learn it. No, but uh, I'm. Oh yes, yes. I most the other people, like other people conversationally, especially coworkers and things like that. When even if you have a bad story and you tell it for forty five minutes, mm-hmm. I'm losing my mind. What's even worse than that that I learned recently is if someone has what should be a good story or like there is a good subject they're talking about and it still sucks. I have lost so much patience for that because of how articulate all of my friends are well and then how we are all like if someone talks for more than five minutes at a time everyone just is like someone give them the fucking light save it for the stage all right boys soon someone will just say something to where it's like all right that person's not talking for the next 15 to 20 minutes now yeah um but no i mean dude it it makes it hard though with doing stand-up as much as i do and how invested i am in it and everything it really makes it hard to like have regular conversations outside of stand-up you know like and it makes you it makes you forget how unique what this thing is on the patio i don't know if you were there at the time 
but I don't hear a lot of the chatter of what's going on in town outside of comedy. But I was sitting on the patio last night and got to hear the stories of all the comics who were getting laid all the time and all their sexual exploits. And I was sitting back there going, how are all these dudes getting fucked? I know I'm like, we're, we're all super weird. And like how, and then I realized this is exciting. We are, we are like, they're professionally scared. They spend a job's amount of time being scared and getting over it. And something about that's exciting to regular, normal, adjusted people. See, it's exciting for sure. It's just I don't understand how these dudes are getting laid off it when it's like I've never had anybody come up to me and try and fuck me after the show. (laughs) And I know it's the teeth. Don't get me wrong. Thank you for keeping my secret. I appreciate you not diming me out on the podcast. (laughs) No, but it's. I don't get how people are, are, are turning this into vagina when this is the most depressing, nerdy, soul-crushing thing in the world. Well, like, I think that, I think they're not waiting for... Because I don't have that either. I think they're not waiting for someone to come up to them. I think I think it turns... I think they as soon as the show is over, they release the hounds onto uh, the crowd. So the crowd, as the crowd disperses, they're picking off the... Right. Where you how'd and I, you, how'd you think I did? Yeah, you and I are rolling up cords and they're unraveling theirs at the same time. Yeah, it's also because you know I, I I I played that game. Yeah. The 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 you know being single and you know uh, trying to smash whatever <laughs> I can. Uh, and no thanks, I, I'm cool. I'd much rather stay focused on something and not have that because that becomes such a distraction in your life when you don't have it on a regular basis. I don't know how anyone has the time for. I'm so glad I I, I don't have it in Imagine me anymore. Imagine being single. How much time that takes to to be dating to and be shit. just to be just to be out there getting it. Oh, like yeah. I don't have any. I barely have the energy for the show anymore. And then we put the we put the stuff away, put the cords away, put the tables and chairs away, and by the end of the night, I'm like, God, I'm so glad no one wants to talk to me. Yeah. Because I don't know, I don't know how it. We did a, we did a, the caffeinated comedy show with Joe Joe Allenies and Margaret's show, and it was maybe ten ten thirty at night by the time we were done, and I left to go grab a pizza and go home and go to bed for the night. And other people were leaving to to start their night, and I'm like, mother, I don't know, I can't imagine if like if socially, if I didn't have comedy, and I ha- to to meet the people who I know, I would have to go out from 11 to 2 a.m. and I think I'd be dead. I don't know how. I wish I had it in me. I just don't have it in me. See, I mean, I'm I'm currently on a hiatus from work, so I'm able to. You're firing it, it up. <laughs> yeah. I'm able to enjoy it for a minute. Uh, it's nice, right? But I wasn't before at all, yeah. uh, and I know, uh, you know, it's it's going to be short lived. I know I got only a couple more weeks. Yeah, maybe you're 25, and it's yeah, but it's good. It's good to have a a good it, hurrah now and then. Well, it's also yeah, done with college, done with all the shit, so it's a good last hurrah and whatever. But yeah, man, I. I'm already getting tired. Like, oh, I'm so fucking yeah. like right now. I'm just over it. I've joked around, but I mean it. Like I used to have a night of drinking, and then the next day I might be hungover. Now, if I take on a night of drinking, my hangover starts that night. Oh, I, around midnight, I start getting a headache, night sweats, nights, all that shit. Yeah, I don't know when that happened, but but it's over for me. So uh, I got I got some questions for you, I guess. If okay. that's cool, we can flip the script a little bit. Also 13 inches, just like Bobby. 
<laughs> if that's if that's the question. Are we talking the hand width? <laughs> yeah, yeah, my balls. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's just thirteen inches, just balls. <laughs> I have to wear uh, compression capris. Dick is one inch. <laughs> balls are really impressive. <laughs> I just start stuffing them in instead. Uh, yeah, I can't keep them, but with balls, I that's how I land them. No, um, so you know you've been doing comedy for five, five and a half years now, yeah. right? Um, how long did you do it in Tulsa? About six months. Six months. Yeah. So you've been doing it here in Bakersfield for about five? Just about the whole time, yeah. Okay. So why, uh, you know, is it work or is it you just don't want to play the game? Or why haven't you decided to make the obvious next step where it's either trying to start doing commercials or, you know what I mean, doing the yeah. fucking running a room and fucking the valley or something? Or right. Doing of, something to to play the game, you know. Part of yeah, I, I'm. I've got a weird, a weird approach to this, and and just weird principles on things like just personal ones. Yeah, is I would feel so strange, and I, I'm socially, I would feel so strange like going to a commercial audition unless I was really into it, and I I can't imagine going out for something like that. It would just be it would be so different for my sensibilities and right. strengths of what I like to do. So I, I couldn't go that route of like audition for things, do central casting and stand in the mm -hmm. background of whatever American horror story for 12 weeks or what I can't do that shit. Um, the run in the room in the Valley thing is an interesting one for a couple years. It was so protective here to try to build the scene that there wasn't any time or room to do that. Like if you went down the, if you went down in the valley, there wouldn't be anything here. Right. And now, now I'm in a weird spot where I don't want to do the thing where you get all, as people call it, back scratchy, where like you're, you're booking Book people yeah. to ask to get booked back. <clears throat> I don't have that in me to do either, which is a shame because you can really close out some time doing it. Yeah. Um, but just for me, like I, for my, this is the thing I really want to do. And everything else is kind of secondary. So I've, like in my day job, I'm not my full self. I'm compromised. When I was at school, I was compromised. And in all the other things that I have to do, I've compromised myself. This is the one thing I really want to do. I don't want to compromise myself at it. So I can't bring myself to do the book back thing. So that takes that shit out. But to go down to L.A. and make that next step, it's something I probably need to suck up and do, but it's so hard to go to go down and earn your stripes of like for me to to go down and earn my stripes, I would have to go down and sit at the potluck lottery open mic to do three minutes for ten dollars or whatever it is and spend four hours there and maybe not go up or go down to the the haha -ha cafe and not even perform in the fucking building pay yeah, pay money to run eight people outside yeah exactly yeah. they're at the point now where no, they yeah i've done the eight o'clock show yeah, yeah you can you they can they're at the point now where there's such a there's so many comedians that want to get on stage they literally in, are saying to you pay us money to perform not in porch. not in our club yeah. you will pay money to not perform in their club to perform on the porch to to no crowd it's just six other comedians and when i go down there and every couple months i'll try that and I'll go down and go, how would I ever get to show the people who need to see what I can do 
to get where, at least in my mind, I know I should be down here. So I'm like, I don't know where the, I can't take. scratchy. Right. And I can't, I can't bring myself to take the quick routes down there. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not really sure what the long route is. So I'm, what I'm hoping to do is to just keep trying to get better and hopefully at some point eventually make enough noise that there's no other choice but to to find my way into those things. It could be that I it could be that I go 20 years and just and just fucking be that host in the host in 8 Mile who who just never leaves d- Detroit. <laughs> never I could never just leave in I could be yeah, I could be future for for the next 20 years, but I've kind of made peace with that of like if this is how I'm going to do it, there's a good chance that I'm a clown and just kind of a joke by the end of this thing, but I've kind of made peace with it if that's what happens, that's what happens. I don't know, man. It's hard to uh, Joe made a great uh, analogy of it towards being golfers, which is a great way of putting it. Yeah. Where it's like you're you're not a professional, but at the same time you are. You know what I mean? You're just like you're like yeah, I'm golfer ranked number two ninety eight. You right. know what I mean? I, I'm on the PGA. I'm just not on the right. fucking big one. You know what and I mean? And the tough part with comedy is the subjectivity and the marketing aspects. So if you're golfer number two ninety eight. You might, on the course, when you get on a course together, you may every day kick the shit out of golfer number 52, mm-hmm. but golfer 52's got more Twitter followers, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. that's a whole other dimension. No, and that's and that's what is the most fucked up thing about it is, yeah, is it's so subjective, where yeah. it's like... Yeah, I'm I'm fucking funnier than than this guy, but then this guy gets booked all the time because guess what? He's made buddies with everybody, and because right. uh, he made some fucking stupid video that went viral one time. But you it's know why I mean? it's it's why, despite the fact that I won't do the I won't do the book back back scratching thing, I won't like I won't do the things that I can't bring myself to do. I don't fault anybody for doing it because I any when somebody does it. I get it because I so far I haven't seen the route to do it in in our standpoint. Otherwise, like some right. people, some people move to LA and make the jump and 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 get there, and that's a good way to do it. Well, for me, jobs kind of holding me back on that, and just I don't I don't know if for me personally it's the right move. Right. But if you're not gonna do that without kind of laboring le- leveraging favors to get down there, I'm not sure if there is another way. To do it so i anytime someone does it i don't hold it against them i i understand no yeah yeah the only reason why i ask is because you know it's that's where most of us are at you know yeah like it's it well for me at least because i take it i take i probably take stand-up comedy too seriously which is a good thing um it can be but i also will realize when i'm talking to certain people in the group that for them it is a hobby you know, for That's them right. it is, this is just their Wednesday, Thursday thing. That and they I do. forget that too. Yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, my bad. Yeah. I'm, I forget I'm willing to drive three hours by my fucking self exactly. and then go do 10 minutes and then go drive all the way back home. Yeah. And, and two years, two years in mid twenties is, is a good, like to, to move down to LA or to move to San Francisco or to move to San Diego and some, in some big is, is a, is a move. That's a solid move for for me at least the way i feel moving to la may be a move to maybe my next move i need to do right i don't know but from i thought about i almost i almost a couple years ago took a trip to to denver and spent some time there 
because I heard how I've, good that yeah, is. Yeah, I've heard about you know that but, whole that whole scene's crazy good. I guess. But what at at that point, I guess it was like four years, just about four years in. I was like, well, I've already done four years here. I know Denver is a bigger scene than here. But what are you really gaining? What am I gaining? I'm I've I'm building kind of my chops here. Maybe I can build them a little more there. But still, if I want to make it to I like the L.A. or New York market. Still, if I'm in Denver, nobody there is going to know. Yeah. I'm going to have to go in, to L.A. and start over anyway. So for me, the only logical progression is Los Angeles. I just don't know if and or when the time to make that move is. See, from I, I, I and I, 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 that's you know, I respect that. It's just for me, I'm, I, I'm seeing that for yeah. my future, where it's like now is like. I'm coming up on the time where it's like, all right, you Where really, yeah, now or never, dude, you really going to do it or not? And for me, I, I know that I'm going to have to, uh, right. once my girlfriend finishes up her RN program here, we're moving down to LA. And nice. I'm going to try and do the whole stupid, get an agent, get on TV type of thing. Because, you know, I was thinking about the same thing where it's like, where do I move? Where do I go? If, if I need to be on stage and where, where would it, and you right. just run into the same thing. You're like, well, you're just going to end up getting booked in that same town and surrounding towns just over and over and over again. Right. So the only way you're going to be able to get booked everywhere is if you're nationally recognized everywhere. Right. Or at least you have something that's a nationally, you know, like if you're on a fucking TNT show. Yeah. See, you know? for you, I could see you on a TV show or on a commercial. Well, I can't see I can't see myself. I feel like if I saw myself on TV in a commercial, I'd be like, oh, fuck this guy. Dude, you don't think I, I feel the same way? I feel like I'd be like this fucking dude. He doesn't even want to be on TV. No, like, I told I, you. I told I told you when it, you were movie star. You were yeah, movie yeah, star, yeah, Austin. Yeah. When you, I could I could see you doing it. Well, I, I, I don't. That, but that's not what I. You know that that's the comedian to feed you. the beast. Yeah, where thing. you're like you don't want that. You just want to do comedy everywhere and yeah. to be able to get paid for doing comedy everywhere. Yeah, and you'll have a chance to do that too. But if you book a commercial, you can make a few thousand dollars. And like you said, you'll be with your girlfriend. She's a nurse. You'll be working during the day. I'm sure it. You'll make you'll make a living and be able to take a real shot at it as opposed to like, I live by myself. And got a shit ton of student loans. So between that, but you're also you're also kind of making excuses. I'm making excuses. A little bit. I, but it's easy it's easy to make excuses <laughs> when you got shit <laughs> yeah, yeah, hanging over your head. Yeah. It is excuses in the end, but it's like, for me, it's it's tack on another twelve hundred dollars a month well, in rent. And then it's also for you. It's like, then why the fuck did I become a lawyer? <laughs> why did I become a lawyer? Yeah. But if I go down to Los Angeles and work in a law firm. I'm going to have to put in 14-hour days. Oh, yeah, yeah. I no, don't know if I'll... No I, doubt, dude. I might not have time to do comedy. And if I work at the firm, do they catch a, do they, do they catch wind that I do comedy and say, hey, we we, we got to keep up appearances. You can't do... And then I got to make that show. So it's... This is... I just got to make more of a foray into the bigger markets is what I need to do. Do you do a lot of stand-up in secret kind of deal? I feel like like go to other places and not not tell post anyone it. and yes, stuff. I like I, I I caught the I caught the vibe. Yeah. Cause yeah, cause it was uh, I was I was like, man. Th the only time I post, he, he gets better with new material. Yet I never see him work on it. You know the what I mean? The only time I post when I'm going to be on a show is is like for the sake of. The promoter. showing support and yeah. and showing support for the showing thanks and gratitude to the promoter and for the sake of the promoter so like if i'm doing a show 
I don't think I'm going to put, if I do a show in Pismo, no one's going to buy tickets because I'm posting on my Facebook about it, but I'm appreciative to the booker, so I, I will do But I don't do it for my friends list to like, look where else I'm fucking working yeah. today. So if I, go, yeah. if I go down to San Diego to do a show and me and the booker aren't, Facebook friends, so like it wouldn't, it wouldn't do any, it wouldn't give him any warm fuzzies to see me post about it. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna post about it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go do it, see how it goes, and yeah. And that's probably another, that's probably another bad move. I probably should post about it so people can see. Oh, you're working. Oh, he's working. We'll book him for shows. But I it's, think, it's one of those. It's, it's one. It's getting out of your own way, kind of thing. I think the same thing. But it's, it's like. Okay, yeah, I'm doing a I'm doing a fucking open mic at the Ha Ha, okay, or yeah. I'm doing an open mic at uh, the Ice House or something like that, whatever. And it's like I take a picture there, and I just feel like I'm being disingenuous. Right. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm like, oh, look at me performing at the Ice House. It's <laughs> like motherfucker, you weren't booked at the Ice House, or right. I I just that's but there's so much of comedy that goes with that though, where it's people doing yeah. stuff to. I mean, it, rightfully so. It adds credibility in a sense, like I guess in their, you know. It's such a double-edged sword because, it, to some degree, like you said, you, like you said, it's an excuse. You're you're getting in your own way by by not doing it, but there's some sort of mental block that's in front of you that keeps you from doing it. And from my experience, all the people I know who are the really good ones. They're the only ones that seem to have that barrier. It doesn't mean if you post the pictures and you're good at it, you suck. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to someone who has that hitch of like, I just can't, I can't bring myself to post of like, oh yeah, doing, doing flapper. There's some on on my shit, baby. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Sleeping while I'm grinding. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) grind. It doesn't mean. I can't do that, man. it, It doesn't mean you're not good if you do that. But people I know who can't do it, it's only the good ones. I've never met I've never met somebody who sucks at comedy that can't do that. Yeah. Uh, 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 I've never it doesn't mean that you're a bad comic because you have a bunch of great quality clips, but the people who don't have any clips at all, who have been who are I know are really funny, it's only the funniest ones who like well, I know because you just get the most awkward with it about yourself because you're like, well, who do I really think I'm that funny? And like, it's like that self, you know. That's, that's right. There's a comic who I brought up to headline a, a Tembler show, Matt Edgar. He's at the comedy store all the time. One of the funniest people in the world. No website. Never see videos. that Don't see a lot yeah. of Twitter shit from like it's it's always that. Well, no. And you said something that I agree with with like videos and material and shit. It's like, why am I going to waste my material on something I'm not going to get anything out of? Right. You know, it's not like YouTube's going to send me money for this or, you know, like, what if I want to use this joke later on where something where I actually need it, something where it's like actually profitable? Well, I know I know from going to comedy clubs and going to shows, there was always as when I was just a crowd member, there was nothing worse for me than when i would I'd like oh who's who's at the loony bin tonight oh, i'll check this person out and i see their like they they have like a 15 minute clip on their website and then i go to the show and they do an hour and 15 minutes is that clip and i'm like well christ man i already, I already know this shit yeah, i already know where you're going with this yeah so yeah, that exactly so i yeah i definitely get the mindset to not do it because it's tough for me to drag myself to do shit like that too oh yeah man to yeah, to put yourself out there. The self-promotion is the hardest part of this comedy stuff. Yeah, I've kept you long enough to close us out. 
Do you have either a, a weirdest show, craziest, worst show, collection of the uh, three, I, separate story? Anything you want to talk about mayhem-wise? Uh, mayhem-wise, I got I know a you've couple. been part of a few. Yeah. Um, for the one that was my just the most mad I got on stage was I was doing a show here in town at Me Peru. Okay. Uh, and uh, while I was on stage, literally like thirty seconds away from hitting like the punch of the joke, like yeah. the whole setup and everything, they start bringing out the food. Uh, so women are suddenly like, "Oh, she got that. She got that. <laughs> she got that." Right as I'm hitting my punch. Yeah. So I like literally hit it, and then I'm just watching them. No one paid attention. No one. Oh no. No one even heard anything I just said. Was this like the closer, or was this the start of the? It was like my like I was supposed to do this joke and another joke. So I finished with this. I'm like halfway through my set, and I realized these women just aren't gonna give a. Fuck They're not gonna listen to anything. anything I'm saying. Yeah. And I was still. Somewhat newer, so I I was just like, all right, that's been my time, thanks. And I got off the stage, and you know, it was not. I I didn't do my time and shit, so that was bad. Another bad time was down in L.A. just a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, started doing a joke about murder, and for some reason, a man got really offended by me doing said joke. Okay. And started yelling at me from behind the bar. Oh, from no, from the bar. Oh, he okay. was just on the other side. It was like wrapped around. Yeah. And he started saying he he was like, "Oh, you, you're talking about murderers." And I was like, "Yeah, I am. Thanks for paying attention." He's just like, he's like, you know, Charles Manson, Ted Bundy, uh, John Gacy. He just named off like three serial killers really fast. And he's yeah. like, and I was just like, "Yeah." And he was like, "You wouldn't last uh, five minutes with them." <laughs> and then. And then he just started like literally like like coming towards the stage like he wanted to like like yell more. He didn't seem like he wanted to fight or anything. It seemed like he wanted to do that like and point. another thing. Yeah, the point thing like, but just in my face about it. And for some reason, uh, the like a bunch of people at the bar got him all like riled up, like got him more riled up to the point where he got so riled up at himself that he kicked himself out of the bar. So he was he was just yelling and screaming, and then out of nowhere, he was just like, okay, I'm leaving. I'm kicking <laughs> myself out. I'm leaving. Were they riling him up on your side, or were they like, get him? No, no they were no. They were just telling him, calm down. Like, oh, okay. you're, you've had too much, blah, blah, blah. Because uh, the whole time, I was like, five minutes. Are you talking about, like, are they going to kill me or fuck me in five minutes? You know, <laughs> like, what are they doing in five minutes? Uh, so yeah, I've, you I, don't hear a lot of you don't hear a lot of pro serial killer people out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, that one was weird. He was defending them. <laughs> you wouldn't last five <laughs> minutes with them, buddy. It's like that's that's actually what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying these people are horrible. I think we're right. coming at it from the same standpoint. Nah, fuck you. I dare you to. We uh, we killed Charles Manson. Oh yeah, Bakersfield. Yeah, Bakersfield. This Bakersfield. is where he died. Uh, I know. It's one of the top Google things you hit. Hell yeah. yeah. Face of evil for 40 years. Oh, yeah. We had him six months dead. Did you ever, speaking of the bombs, though, did you ever go to McMurphy's at all before I get out of here? Never. Oh, all right. I was hoping you had with all the- Never went. All the, you, you see Tony Martins? I did. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get- I'm trying to, next time he's down here, get that some time to talk about it. Yeah, yeah that one is going to be a story. Him and Jason Watson were the only ones there for I that. I saw the video of it, and I was like, oh, man. And that and guy looked like a big dude. He was huge. Oh, and it yeah. was it was so, 
what happened without getting into the you know the, from my perspective the of, of the venue or mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah what so what happened at the at the Tony th- yeah he was oh. on stage and they were they were being heckled and not listened to the entire evening but then this gigantic dude runs up to the stage and like threatens Tony and then throws a beer on Tony what did he threaten him about was it a joke I or? have no idea but it was just just awful like just an awful place to be in and Tony was good enough to keep his composure like and stay on stage but the guy was like he was at the threshold of if the guy would have made one additional click of an aggressive move he would Tony would have had to have done something to defend him like he like they got so luck that it ended they got so lucky it ended where it did or it could have been a really horrible incident i'm not trying to trash on a venue but that is exactly why you don't do comedy in places that uh, <laughs> you, you, don't give a fuck about you, you doing comedy there you've been there a few times yeah yeah twice i've done comedy there and neither time was great one time uh landon uh guy heckled i'm sorry landon i'm gonna ruin a story for you yeah that's right ruin it i'm gonna ruin it uh landon got heckled by a guy who had cerebral palsy or uh ms or something like that you know yeah um so he obviously had a weird walk a little hitch in his giddy up yeah and a weird uh, (laughs) mouth positioning and stuff uh he starts heckling landon and landon had noticed that the guy was cool with people making fun of his disability whatever so Landon because told everyone else had done it yeah yeah because <laughs> exactly and that's yeah, and that's why four other people just did and the, and if any of my coworkers are listening this is why i don't open up at work <laughs> <laughs> okay well then to said coworkers, uh he's he told the guy who had a very clear medical condition i wish your mouth worked as good as your body did. <laughs> I wish your mouth worked like your body did. <laughs> <laughs> and that one shut him the fuck up. And that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Because that room is rowdy, man. Yeah. Oh, no. And the whole time you're having people are commenting on everything you're saying. So That's you're so tough. You're like literally you're setting up for a joke. And then someone you'll say something. And then someone's like, oh, really, birds? And you're oh like, god! And you're like, oh, it's like I just can't get anywhere. It's like, how do I make this work? <laughs> Hecklers are such a different. I used to explain it. I used to explain it of like, imagine, imagine you were watching it. Like, if you went bought tickets to go see a juggler, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't go knock the bowling pin out of his hand. Oh, some people would pay just to do it though. But just to, but no one does that. And then if the juggler is like, hey, you got to stop that, they go, oh, just be a better juggler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anything, they're like, get this guy out. Get him the like, fuck out of here. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I knew I was getting kicked out when I did that. <laughs> like, We're doing a magic show. He keeps tugging on the hat. Oh, be a better magician if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps breaking the fucking mirror. <laughs> but people will come to a comedy show, deliberately ruin the show, and then yell, and then when you call them out, they go, oh, well, if you were better, you could deal with me ruining the show. It's like, no, that you were... The way you're acting, there is almost no way to make this thing work. I blame that solely on the takedown videos and the roast videos. Um, like dudes like Drew Lynch, if you're familiar with him no. at all. Uh, he's like a purely takedown comedian. Like he wants the crowd to heckle him oh, so wow. he can just take him down. But, you know, most of the shit stuff he just writes out. So he's just, you know, looking, seeing, make sure he's got brown looking hair to get him. and then, yeah, he gets it. And it's like so many people are like, well, isn't every comedian that funny? And you're like, oh, my God. 
You I'm know? coming out to help the show, man. Yeah. Well, I'm telling bits. I'm not doing your fucking stupid shit. God damn. Did anything else happen to you while you were out there doing one? Uh, for me, no. Just uh, I, I almost got in a fight with a lady and her gay son one time, but that was up in Visalia. How did that happen? I was doing my bachelor bit. What's uh, the one where I talk about sucking dick uh, on the bachelor? Yes, that you that yes. you would. Yes, uh, a lady and her gay son was was there, and then the the son said like it's not as bad as you think or something. And I was just like, well, thanks for the info or something. Yeah. And then her his mom and her friends started like really chatting and like clearly talking about whatever the fuck I just said. Yeah. And then I was I. You got angry because the whole night they were talking over people. So I just naturally wanted to kill them. Of course. So uh, I told them, I was like, oh, you got you guys got funnier jokes. What, whatever you're the fuck you're saying is funnier. And then uh, something they came up. I was like, then tell me the best joke you got. And then they came up and said, uh, like, why is six afraid of seven? That fucking oh, joke. God. And then I was like, yeah, that's why you were sitting the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like pointed to go sit the fuck back down. And then I f- finished out my joke. And then at the end, it's like talking about sucking dick on the truck stop. Yeah. And then I look totally unrelated. And no. And then I look <laughs> over at the gay fellow's mom and I say, like that lady does. <laughs> 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 and they did not take too kindly to that one. So yeah, they got they got real huffy and stuff. Uh nothing happened. They ended up just leaving. But right. oh yeah. But yeah, yeah, that one was that one was my uh, that one that one made me realize uh, I'm not gonna go for the epic takedown. What did the crowd do when you pointed her out? Did they uh, reeled back. <laughs> they made me seem like I was a psycho yelling at it. Oh man, the the crowds that you love are the ones that go. Oh no, all the comedians were outside, so Shit. it was all like there was like seven people who were all crowd members in there, and they were looking at me like I was an asshole. Strength in numbers. That's why. That's why I. I'm such a fan of doing the what we call the get on stage and somebody, uh, yeah, because the the whole room turns just, on them, just turns on them, and you see how scared they get. Only three or four people have taken us up on it and gone on stage. Guy who did fart sounds. I don't remember that guy. Yeah, you do. You I, have to, man. The, he got up on stage, and started doing fart sounds, and someone else, someone's house has had to have brought this up. I don't remember that at all. Oh my. Is, Right. And it, I don't. Well, I was to there. Talk about it tomorrow with the other comedians. I was there. there I'm sure. Yes, yes. I'm gonna. We'll, we'll do a poll to see who. How remembers. many people? Dude, there was. It was a good crowd. And, that night. and what happened? You get on stage, dumb. He got up on stage and like didn't know what to do. He yeah. Didn't, like know what to do with his hands or anything. So he literally starts making fart noises. Yeah. And like starts telling like fart jokes and stuff. And yeah. it was just like the cringiest thing I'd ever seen. And no one gave him anything. No one gave him shit. And then he was like, okay, that's my time. And then he got off and like, he like shook <laughs> your hand and it was like laughing. But it was like clearly that He nervous, was dead inside. Yeah, that nervous dead laughter. <laughs> It's selfishly such a good thing to do to somebody because then you get to go see. Not that easy, is it? The worst part, though, is certain people have figured out how to defeat it, like those ladies did on Wednesday. Well, they left. Where they, where they just ignore it, and then as soon as you start talking again, they're just like, "Woo!" Well, that's like, when right I'll, back to normal. Yep, that's when I'll kick them out. Yeah, because uh, if if you if you, uh, if you yell out and you're a problem, I'll I'll get on stage you. If you get on stage, we're gonna we're gonna fuck with you. But then once you get down, you're our friend. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't get on stage, we're gonna ridicule you. But then we're gonna leave you alone. But if we get on stage, you you don't get on stage. 
because you were afraid. You felt the fear of what it would be like to go up there. And then after knowing how scary it is, then you're going to heckle again, you're out. There's no, there's no saving you. Well, no, and I thought it was a little harsh at first, and then I really thought about it. And even for the comic before you had gone up, yep. uh, they had said something about what he was saying, and they said, oh, what an amateur. And he was new. No, no, and they, and, and they didn't mean to say he was an amateur. They were talking about the subject in his story was being an amateur in what they were doing. But they still fucked him up to yeah. the point where he's like, I am an amateur. And he, you see him get visibly defeated. Oh, and then it was actually them talking about what he was saying. So they were listening. But you're like, you still, this is why you shut up. Yeah. You just defeated a guy, even though you thought you were helping. God damn. Well, I hope you don't run into any of these issues when you go to your show tonight. But oh. selfishly, if you do, we'll get together and talk about them next week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Hampered right. will be fun. Thanks, brother.